Chapter 5 of Titus, A Comrade of the Cross. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ellen Preckle. Titus, A Comrade of the Cross by Florence M. Kingsley. Chapter 5. The short summer night was almost past. The moon had set an hour ago. The stars were melting away into dimness, while in the east a faint rosy glimmer showed that dawn was at hand. Over the surface of the water a cool wind was blowing, which caused two fishing boats, well out from the land, to roll heavily. The occupants of one of these boats were busily engaged in hauling in and examining their fishing nets. Yard after yard of the net came in, dripping and glittering, with but here and there a little fish caught in the meshes. "'We may as well stop for tonight,' exclaimed one of the men impatiently, throwing the last fish overboard. "'I told thee,' said his companion, "'that with the wind in this quarter we might as well bide at home. "'Hail the other boat, Simon. It may be that they have something.' The last yard of the net having been hauled in by this time, Simon stood up in the bow of the boat and called, making a trumpet of his two hands. Presently came back a faint answer. "'Hast caught anything?' shouted Simon, with all the strength of his strong lungs. "'No,' came back the reply. "'Tis as I said,' observed the other, who was named Andrew. "'Let us hoist sail and make for home. "'We can cast again in the bay near the city. "'We sometimes get a good haul there, "'when not a fin is to be seen anywhere else.' "'In less time than it takes to tell it, "'the anchor was hauled aboard, "'and the great wing-like sail raised. "'As it caught the fresh breeze "'and the somewhat clumsy craft began to move smoothly through the water, "'the two sat down in the stern, Simon grasping the tiller.' "'Canst see what the others are doing, Andrew?' he inquired. "'They are raising their sail,' he answered. "'They also are weary,' said Simon, in a somewhat absent tone. Then he continued, "'Dost know what has been in my mind as we toiled in the night?' "'How could I?' replied Andrew. "'Thou hast hardly spoken, and that were a marvel for thee, who art somewhat free of speech.' "'I have been thinking of the Nazarene all night through,' said Simon. "'I care not for the fishing now, whether our catch be good or bad.' I would fain be with him. Hast thou thought of the marvel of it all? Perchance we have lighted on strange times. Perhaps it were best that we give up the fishing for good and all. Give up the fishing, quoth Andrew in surprise. How can we do that? Why, replied the other, we have enough and to spare. The vineyard beareth well now, and the women are frugal. We do not need the money. If we give up fishing, we could be with him all the time. But, brother, said Andrew, doth he want us? Nay, I know not but I think that he needeth someone. Knowest thou not that there be whispers against him of late? He is not of the Pharisees, nor yet of the scribes, and in truth he doth strangely set aside many of their laws and customs. I know, said Andrew solemnly, what John said of him. He said it twice in my hearing before the baptism in the Jordan, and again after. Twas this, Behold the Lamb of God. John believeth him to be the Christ. Perhaps thou art right, Simon, about the fishing. If what John Baptist saith be true, and he is indeed the Christ, we ought to be with him where he is. And now John lieth in prison, and we cannot tell what may befall him there. May Jehovah grant that Herod cast not his evil eye upon the master. Amen, said Simon fervently. After this a little silence fell between the two, broken only by the sound of the green water as it swirled away behind the rudder in a long frothy wake. The dawn was brightening momently now, and all the solemn pomp of sunrise beginning behind the great blue hills on the eastern horizon. Before them, seen dimly through the morning mists, rose the towers and walls of fair Capernaum. 
as the boats drew near the shore it could be seen that many people were congregated there some sitting on the rocks others walking about not an unusual sight for it was the want of all to rise early so that business might be well over before the heat of the day began still there seemed to be something more than the incoming fishing boats to attract so many seest thou yonder crowd what dost thou make of it asked andrew simon was silent for a moment then he answered eagerly tis he the master and the people throng him to hear him speak let us make haste and being now quite close to the shore he sprang into the water and pulling the boat after him quickly made it fast andrew following him more slowly meanwhile the other boat not far behind and also light because of its emptiness had been drawn up and the men in it dragging their nets behind them came also to the shore when jesus saw simon and andrew and the others and their boats empty after all the night's toil he entered into one of the ships which was simon's and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land then he sat down and taught the people out of the ship we may not know what he said that summer morning so long ago but we know that he spoke of the things of god and as he sat there in the shadow of the great sail his voice sounding clear and sweet across the little space of water which separated him from his hearers healing fell on many a bleeding heart children stretched out their tiny hands towards him and love stronger than death itself sprang up beautiful and mighty in many a soul among those who stood on the very water's edge were two women one bearing in her arms a rosy babe with them was a lad of about fourteen with light golden hair and great dark eyes when jesus had ended his speaking this lad clasped his hands and looking at him with the face like that of an angel murmured thou that healest i love thee i love thee it was stephen now when the master had done speaking to the people he turned to simon who with andrew was with him on the boat and said launch out now into the deep and let down your nets for a draught and simon answering him said unto him master we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing nevertheless at thy word i will let down the net and when they had this done they enclosed a great multitude of fishes so that their net brake and they beckoned to their partners which were in the other ship that they should come and help them and they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink when simon peter saw it he fell down at jesus knees saying depart from me for i am sinful man o lord for he was astonished and all they that were with him at the draught of fishes that they had taken and jesus said unto simon fear not from henceforth thou shalt catch men and when they had brought their ships to land they forsook all and followed him night again and with it peace far below the solitary watcher on the heights lay the city twinkling with sabbath lights at sunset the mellow notes of the trumpet from the roof of the synagogue had announced the day of rest toil was over for a brief space the peasants had ceased their labor in the fields the shops and booths were closed the fishing boats lay idle at the wharfs hours passed on the city slept still the solitary figure paced back and forth tirelessly lifting his face to the heavens below him the world full of sin full of misery full of ignorance above him god he the link between end of chapter five